Are you nuts? Do you think we're going to have some like multi-pronged approach to the justice system and it's all going to work? We're- we can't even we can't even fucking socially distance properly as a country. Do you actually think we're going to have this brilliant organized multi-pronged approach to the justice system that's actually going to be effective and not just horse shit and an opportunity for some opportunities to start a GoFundMe for it? No, I don't think we can. I don't believe, I have no faith in humanity. I have no faith that we will ever do the right thing. And when we do, it lasts just a little bit and then we forget about ourselves. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Advised, these apes are not emotional support animals, and they fling verbal poo. Listen with caution. Things are getting definitely better. If you look at the numbers, a hundred years ago, you know, you're talking about the right now. Minneapolis is burning. Detroit's got a lot of white protesters. I mean, if you saw the picture of Detroit, it's the funniest thing I ever saw because (laughs) it's mostly white protesters, which is weird because if you've been to Detroit, there's like six white people in the whole goddamn city. So they're overrun with white. Okay. Well, it took them half an hour to drive in from the suburbs. So yeah, exactly. Good for them. Yeah, rock and roll. You're you're dealing with your COVID pent up. uh, I haven't been outside. So uh, a protest. Finally, I can leave the house. I've got something to do. But, uh, uh, you know, I mean, the thing about it is, is, is despite that, if you look at police violence against black men and women, um, and look at the trend. Again, this goes back to Steve Pinker. Things are absolutely getting better and have been getting better systematically for the last hundred years. Not a question. Anybody that questions that is full of shit because the data simply says it's been getting better. We are less violent, more healthy. Um, you know, we're just getting better. And so I get the frustration that we're not getting better fast enough. But that doesn't mean we're not getting better. It just means that we're not getting better fast enough. That's all. So what do we do about the things that aren't better yet? Well, I mean, okay, specifically, I mean, yeah, when, here's a couple of white guys talking about it. I don't think that invalidates our opinion, but it certainly colors it. You know, I, the <laughs> thing about it is I don't actually think, I, and that thing is, is uh, yeah, I, I'm really stuck by Malcolm Gladwell, and I know you don't like Malcolm Gladwell, mm. but his Talking to Strangers book is really very informative in that it really it really shows you the complexity yeah. of policing, and uh, and sort of you know and so it my takeaway from from a lot of that is that most of our problems are can be solved. It has almost zero to do with race. I know everybody wants to say it's about racist cops. That's I mean that's that's some that's like saying that it, they're Sauron. They're the eye of Sauron. Good and evil. Let's go with the binary of there's good people and there's evil people. And I think that's right. bullshit. It's more complicated than that. So, what I would say is the three areas that we need to focus on is not let's call cops racist. Let's abolish cops. Blah blah blah. It is simply training. Okay. Citizen oversight and accountability. That's it. Right. These are not complicated. And, and honestly, I think that would solve 90% of the cases. Okay. And my point is right now, if you look at the training, 
there is uh, there's not consistent training, and the training is mostly created uh, uh, an atmosphere of survival. It's survival training. Here's how you subdue everyone, and everyone is a bad actor, and a lot of cops, that's the training they get. If they are trained on how to de-escalate the situation, then they start to learn how to do that. They follow their training. The training, the 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 the, the sticking your knee on a guy's neck to hold him down, that was that was that they stopped they stopped that practice in 2016. That was I mean it was a part of their regular training. Is that that was a legitimate that was what they say? Yeah. According to police training, specifically in Minneapolis, that was regular protocol yeah. until 2016, and they realized, oh whoops, that's fucking terrible, right. and that's you know <laughs> so maybe we won't do that well. You know, that's no, no, the, the cop that was there, whatever his name is, and I don't care. Um, he wasn't following training. He was following training he'd gotten 10, 15 years ago. All right. Yeah. So that means, so training, training is better. Number two, citizen oversight. And this is the biggest problem that we have with when it comes to the policing in this country is that, um, the police are supposed to police the police, which is bullshit. If you have investigation of brutality, oh, of course. having the cops, then, like, I mean, you've seen every goddamn movie where internal internal affairs is considered the enemy. Yep. That's actually not the truth. Internal affairs is not considered the enemy because they're just fellow cops. So you need citizen oversight committees with actual authority to attach actual damages to actually have some sort of effect. And then the third thing is accountability. And you can't have accountability if the police are policing themselves. You can only have accountability if you have a, 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 a not, so we'll say, a nonpartisan body policing it. These are all simple problems, but we don't want to look at those problems because what we really want to do is scream about the racism. And that the, the thing is, cops kill more. I mean, and it's not, again, I don't want to minimize it. But if you look at just in this year, and we've been locked down for two fucking months of 2020. So, I mean, what's the big... But pushing, about pushing three, yeah. But I mean, about two hundred, what I'm yeah. two hundred and eighty-eight people have been shot, and this doesn't include people like uh, uh, George Floyd, where he was, I mean, fucking tortured to death right there on the street. Yeah. But there are about two hundred eighty-eight people that have been shot by police dead in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Two hundred eighty-eight. Thirty-one of them were black. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying, and, and, you know, you hear the argument on everything. It's the disproportionate, and it is disproportionate. But I don't know if the, it, it, the easy answer is it's because they're black. It could be more complicated in, the, in that more black people are in poverty mm-hmm. and more people in poverty encounter police. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, there's a whole bunch of there's a whole bunch of stuff that we're not we're we're not we don't want to overcomplicate it, so we make it as simple as possible. And right now, the simple answer is it's a bunch of racist cops. That is not necessarily even close to the truth. Here's here's why I say we're the same as we ever were, and why that All is right. not something that we can just go. Eh, fuck it, let's just chill out because it's. Oh no, I don't. Same, you yeah, know. That's not what I said. I didn't say we'd chill out. But go ahead. This is. Th- the 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 George Con- George Conway Jesus forgive me um, Floyd thank you George Floyd George Conway of course is Kellyanne Conway's husband who yes. is doing great things to keep Trump from getting reelected so yay George Conway <laughs> yeah yay George Conway I apologize uh, George Floyd what happened to him is terrible 
Right, no question. I feel like a fucking idiot that we even have to preface every, with every that. Um, and maybe I feel that way because we are two white guys talking about it. And let me just say that I, <laughs> out of the almost 2,000 Facebook friends uh, that I mostly don't give a shit about, most of them, but that I've seen on Facebook, I don't think that I've seen any of my black friends posting anything about Black Lives Matter. All the Black Lives Matter stuff is coming from my honky friends, which I just think yeah. is <laughs> – I just think it's funny. I don't, I don't know, but whatever. Well, it's like I wrote on Facebook. I, I started to write a piece to my fellow white people, and then I realized yeah. that being a being an abusive asshole, not being that person is kind of universal, universal. So I don't really, I don't really need to talk to fellow white people because you know what? They don't listen anyway. Right. Well, the thing is, this is what happened to George Floyd. What happened to Laquan McDonald? What happened to all the others? Um, the the black people that the racist cops killed and got away with or yeah. didn't get the punishment, that the severity of the punishment that they probably should have, yeah however you want to stack it up um, in the different situations. It is not about racism. Racism is, a, is an ingredient, no question. It's an ingredient. It's an ingredient, yeah. but the bigger pie, this pie is that the justice system, the system in America it has allowed the police to have that shitty training, to keep doing what they're doing, to feel empowered to do what they're going to do, to be the brutes that they want to be. Uh, here's a story. The uh, You're right. Like The police cannot police themselves. The police and the prosecutors and the judges, they're all in it together. Law well, and I mean, order they're, they're, is, they're all a part of the same justice yeah. system. So, of course, I mean, prosecutors aren't going to pr- prosecute police aggressively because police they are the ones the that catch the... They need the police to do it, yeah. The, the police are their muscle, and they're going to yep. catch the criminals, and they're going to they're going to have to process the crime, and they're going to have to gather the evidence. So it absolutely makes no sense whatsoever. Right. And it looks have, bad. It looks well, bad to have... Well, of course it have, looks fucking bad, because it is bad. Well, if we, if we prosecute our police because they're criminals, well, then everything, it's going to taint the whole... The whole thing, yeah. because then every every case that the police bring us is going to be citizen oh. oversight. Right. Citizen oversight. Why well, keep saying that? But it's that. such a systemic problem. So here's a story about a young white boy who went down to Tucson, Arizona, with his dad and his and his baby brother to his middle brother's college for Thanksgiving one year. Uh, let's call this family uh, the Himmels. Just sure. Th- I, I'm just uh, throwing out names. Yeah. Um, and let's just say that these Himmels. Ah, fuck it. So. My brothers and I went out drinking one night, and it was, wasn't a hard drink. Stephen, I don't think, was even 21. He wasn't. He was 20 at the time. Um, and Eric and I had, like, a couple beers. This was not like we were fucking shit-wrecked, wasted, acting like assholes. Stephen comes, picks us up from the bar, and is going to take us back to the hotel we were staying with my dad. We have a designated driver who is sober. Look at how responsible we are. Stephen rolls a stop sign. Cop pulls him over, busts him. Cool. Get the ticket. You're all to stop sign. No big deal. Except that the cop saw, like, the three other drunk people in the car and makes a thing of it. So he yanks Steven out and starts giving Steven all this shit, cuffs him, slaps him on the sidewalk. And I'm saying, hey, what's the problem? Can we call our attorney, my dad, because I'm – because what the fuck's going on? And I need to yeah, call daddy. Yeah, yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't start your. You just say it's like a regular, ordinary white family, but you don't. You don't lead with moderately wealthy. All right, let me fur, fur baron. Let dad's me, a lawyer. I mean, you know. I let mean, me, let me back up. Yeah, 
Let me this back is up. not so this, this we're not talking to Jodes. No, okay? but, you're no not, but this is a good not, point. You know, this is a good point because yes, this isn't here's Red his Fox family. and Sanford and Son. Right. You know, this is here's this is family. the Himmels. All, you're all like these, the Drummonds. These three boys all went to summer camp. D- didn't don't have any stu- uh, student loans. Uh, yeah. Daddy's an attorney. Yeah. yeah. Don't live okay. in a nice area. Yep. Sure. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we rolled down with all of our fucking privilege in the world, and this cop yeah. still is giving us shit. So he he's got Stephen on the sidewalk, and he says, uh, "Turn the." I hear him say something like, turn the car off. Meanwhile, he's got, like, he's called for backup. There's, like, fucking four other cop cars there now. Oh, yeah. All for rolling a stop sign. This is not a drunken disorderly, like, nobody's acting up or anything. Well, you know why that's the case. I, I, don't, I don't care. I don't even care. Oh, you care. should care. You actually should care, because that goes into the training. But, all right, well, keep going. But it doesn't... Fine. In that situation, you don't care, but you should yeah. care. That's the whole point. We do, we we look at it. And we see the individual situation as it affects us, and we don't look at the uh, the larger. We're talking about systemic problems. Well, okay. The systemic problems are not based on race. The systemic systemic problems are based on the the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution. But we can get to that in a minute. Sure. I mean, they they call they call for backup because these you know three guys, four guys. Um, one of Eric's friends was in the car. Three of them were had like four, four or five beers in like a four-hour setting, one guy rolls a stop sign. Anyway, so the guy, the cop comes back to the car. Eric's got a two-door car at the time, and I'm in the back seat on the driver's side. And the cop says, you need to turn the car off. So as he's saying this, I start to lean forward to turn the key back. At the same time, he's leaning in to turn the car off. So as he's leaning in, I'm leaning forward to do what he's just told me to do. The front seat... Lean and it, it, it leans forward and it hits him, not hard. It just it's a fucking car seat that hits him because I'm trying to do what he's told me to do. He gets hit with the car seat, flips his fucking lid, yanks me out of the car, throws me in cuffs, and accuses me of assaulting a police assaulting. officer. Sure. So we're sitting there and whatever. They eventually let us go, but I've got this assault charge. I have to go back down to Tucson, and and sit through a trial. And I've done all the research, but in short, the, the particular kind of assault they were trying me with or charging me with, uh, in order to be found guilty, they have to prove intent that I had intended to assault and cause harm to the police officer. Uh, the judge hears this out and he goes at the, his ruling is, I do not believe that you had the intention of hurting the police officer or causing any harm Blah, blah, blah. However, I'm finding you guilty on this charge, et cetera, et cetera. So I had to, like, pay a fucking, like, $500 restitution. I have that little misdemeanor on my uh, on my record. But fuck him. The judge went against the law. What the law states, he interpreted it on his own just to side with the cop. This cop apparently is also, like, the fucking cop that brings cases well, to the prosecutor's and, office. And, and he here's puts the money thing. in their fucking pockets. Here's here's the thing, and I'm actually going to change one of my uh, my to-dos because I know you haven't read it yet. But one of the things that's very interesting in, in Talk to Strangers is uh, he talks about why we have all the traffic stops and, and when traffic stops, like, escalated to the point where it's like exactly that. It's yeah. like, okay. And what it, ba- the, the, the quick hits is in the 74, Kansas City was like the worst crime in the country. 
They're trying to figure out what the fuck they can do. They get some experts in. There's a couple of steps, but the, ultimately, at the end of the day, they get a guy who comes in. And he says, wait a minute. All the crime, 90% of your crime is coming from not just a neighborhood. It's not even a specific neighborhood. It's four blocks, mm -hmm. literally four street sections where most of the crime's coming from. Mm -hmm. And he realizes that, well, the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution says you can't just go into somebody's house without a warrant. You have to have probable cause and a signed warrant. You can't frisk somebody in the street without probable cause. Or, However, there are so many traffic violations possible. There are so many reasons to pull somebody over in a car that that circumvents the Fourth Amendment. Because as soon as you pull somebody over for a taillight, yep. you can then search their car. That's legal. Right. So he says, we're going to get four police officers. We're going to put them on these four blocks in their cars, squad cars. And all you're going to do is pull people over for traffic violations. That's all you're going to do. And then search their cars. Mm -hmm. They did this crime dropped 60% in the entire city. So what the, all the police departments in like the late seventies heard this and they didn't hear the four block thing. They didn't hear that it was located in a specific area. What they heard is if we keep pulling people over to fish, we're yeah. going to find the crime. So literally within five years, like in the example that he uses, I think is in North Carolina, they went from a, an average of about 20,000 stops a year to an average of about 4 million stops a year. God. And so, yeah, so that's part of it. The second thing about the training is because they're trained that way, they are trained to believe that anyone they pull over is a criminal. Yeah. So the police are looking at everybody, yeah. whether they, whether they want to or not, whether or not they're good cops or bad cops, whatever it is, they're looking at everybody as a potential problem. Yeah. And say, if that's what you're doing, if that's your training is to look at everybody as a potential, you know, mayhem maker, well, then you're going to, you can't help but expect it. And because you expect it, you're going to project it and you're going to be far more aggressive than you need to be. And you're not de-escalating in any, any right. way, shape or form. One of the things I think is interesting and I, and, and because I work at a casino and we, we have uh, our fair share of Metro calls. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah. one of the things that I've noticed, and I've noticed this a couple of times um, on our property, is that sometimes I've had to see both our security officers and police take down a suspect, mm -hmm. just like they did George Floyd. And one of the things that I think is really interesting is when I've, and, and maybe it's because I'm standing there, I don't know. They're not being filmed. Yeah. But what I notice is every time they take, so like I watched a, like this fucking belligerent, fat, white, drunk ass motherfucker spit in one of my officers face cops got there they're taking him down as they're taking him down and they are physically taking him down he is fighting he is resisting arrest right mm -hmm. yeah i want to say i heard the phrase two phrases over and over number one was we're not here to hurt you I heard I heard officers say that at least 35 times while they're jamming him down the street and trying to cuff his hands. The second thing they're asking him is, are you okay? Over and over and over. All the while, they're still saying, don't resist. Yeah. Relax your arm. You know, they, they, all that kind of stuff. But the reality is, good cops are trained to be focused on that kind of stuff. And bad cops don't follow the training. Or they are not being properly trained. And because there's no accountability, as we're talking about, these are the problems. This, the, the thing I think is really interesting about this is uh, 
anytime I've brought this up in the last just I don't know three hours, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, whatever, yeah, um, you know, is is the reaction is that if you don't wholeheartedly support, you know, what's going on in Minneapolis and in Los Angeles and everything, then you are not anti-racist enough, which is again that purity test. Well, that's the thing stupid. about it is that's just well, it was interesting because I because I put on Facebook this morning. I thought it was funny. I put on Facebook this morning that. Uh, my favorite piece of history is when the Boston tea partiers took that tea and, and went and watched Netflix on it. Yeah. And somebody was like, Oh, you have a big, yeah, yeah. Writing, writing is the, uh, you know, it's what is it? Writing is the, is the, the, the language of, uh, the, those not heard, you know, Martin Luther King. Yeah. And my response to that quote was, and while you're at it, could you get me one of those plasma TVs, Martin Luther King? Because the thing about it is, is and that's that that. But everybody wants to mistake. It was like David Terry was like he was mistaking. Oh, that I was anti-riot. Yeah. And and I I was very clear. No, no, I'm all for rioting. Yeah. I love the destruction of property, but destroy it all, because I'm telling you the looting. If you basically looting is robbery. Period. Yeah. We're making a protest and we're destroying property to make a point so that, that people will hear us. And then you combine it with the robbery. Nobody sees the protest. All they see is robbery. Perfect right. example. I'm talking to one of my very right wing uh, co-workers last night. And I loved his point. I hadn't even thought about it. He goes, you know, the thing that makes me mad about the looters. And I said, what makes you mad about the looters? <laughs> and he said, Everybody agreed with them. That guy should never have been killed. That he, they should have never. That everybody. Yeah. But now, the right wing is just going to disagree with it because they're fucking stealing TVs out of a fucking Target that they b- broke into, and it's like, okay, that is an interesting point that yeah. I had not really seen. And so that's the thing is I'm all about it protests. does weaken I'm their all... it does weaken the case. Yeah. I mean yeah. the thing about it is my perspective is if you're gonna riot, fucking destroy everything. Don't take the Xbox home. And there was a picture I yeah. thought it was it's just so offensive about that target that in Minneapolis, is they've got all these people and they're just ripping shit out and there's this one white guy, just a picture, just a shot yeah. of a white guy, skinny little white guy about your size, wearing a COVID mask. And stealing a box of Legos. Kids got something got to play with something, man. I mean, I'm thinking this is just this is a guy that's fight that that is is fighting both on both fronts the good fight. I am fighting against COVID, and I'm going to steal some Legos I to need somehow something for my kid to do. Yeah, these, these Legos nuts. these Legos are somehow going to support justice for George Floyd. That's ridiculous. Oh, they won't. What they're doing is, I mean, he's seizing opportunity. And, and I Clearly, think that's like, really I think that's really sad. It is. It's it's stupid. But I think that we need to take the conversation it, it is extremely important to talk about racism in this country. One yeah. that is a huge huge part of it. But when we talk about racist cops and cops killing innocent people or using excessive force or or you know whatever it is, we need to talk about why not just about training uh, or about the bad apples, fixing the bad apples, or like screening for racism or rage issues. We need to talk about the the entire justice system. The police, their unions, the prosecutors, the judges, they are all empowered to stick together and well, to help each are. other out. And they have 
they're emboldened to go and do whatever the fuck they want on their on the streets of Minneapolis or Chicago or whatever, because who's going to stop them? Nobody, because we can't, well, because they have the entire power of their own government here's, and their I gotta own tell you, laws this is, behind them. I, I find because I agree and with that's you. That's where you the know, problem lies. That's well, where I we mean, get the bad training. But, that's where we they, get. But, but here's the thing: the blue lives I, I, matter I, bullshit. I, I completely appreciate the big issue thinking. However. That doesn't solve the problem. We all already know that. I mean, you're not telling me. You know, the whole thing is like Black Lives Matter. No, fucking everybody fucking knows it. All you got to do is watch a goddamn movie about the cops. It's watch CSI. It's all done. But you got to talk it. about. You got to. But David, talk about David, where you can get the problem. If you're gonna David, beat the cancer, you've got to go after the cancer, not just like, oh well, let's just let's just well, cut your lung out. But you're, the thing is, you're not going after the cancer. You're saying that that person with cancer all is wrong, and we got to kill them all. The justice system no. is not all wrong. I'm saying it treat is the, the cancer. training. It is the training. It is citizen oversight, and it is accountability. You got to start somewhere, and just going, it's all bad, does not solve a problem. You got to solve a problem one piece at a time. That is how you fix things. You don't go, "Hey, here's this no, Chevrolet that's fine, Camaro but that's and part my of it. and my Camaro doesn't run. It's the goddamn Camaro cuz it's a piece of shit." No. That doesn't solve the problem. Of course you have it to doesn't. say it's the carburetor or it's the fuel liner. You you fix it piece okay, by piece. Okay, fine. So you fix training then what? Then, then you do then citizen what? oversight. And then what? And then you do accountability. And then what do you do about the judges and the prosecutors that aren't going to fucking you don't, that aren't a part the thing of the police? Is, you you have, have to fix to, both. Yes, you, you do. Don't have, you yes, don't you have do. To, no. You, see, you're talking about the justice system. I'm talking about police brutality. Again, fix fixate on the problem at hand. The problem yes. at hand is not, we're not going to fix judges right now. You know why? Because Donald Trump has packed them with all Republicans. That's not going to get fixed. I'm not talking about the federal judges, right? I mean, we can we can start at levels, David, right? You're talking David, about starting at different levels. So you can start with your local judges that you vote David, for. Trump doesn't David, fucking touch Chicago judges. David, judges didn't fucking stick a goddamn knee in the neck of a black man till he died. So you got to fix the problem in front of you before no. you can fix the problem down no, the road. But judges do hear a case about a clear conspiracy to cover up the Laquan McDonald uh, murder, and yeah. they let those fucking cops go. That's a judge and, problem. That's and, and a, a law and order problem. And David, citizen oversight sidesteps the judges. We have some citizen oversight. No, we don't. We have citizen oversight that has no teeth. It's well, got to be citizen okay. oversight with authority. If it does, if the citizen oversight doesn't have authority, it's just like a Donald Trump oversight of one of his fucking. That's fine. But you, you know, and I, like, you and I are saying the same thing. We're not. We are one hundred percent saying the same thing. What I'm saying is, once we fix the fucking cops or fix the cops, but we also have to fix the attorneys, the prosecutors, and the Let's judges. Fix, we have to about, fix it all. How about we fix the cops first? Because I think that they're inter they're they're intertwined with each other. David, we can't even empowered. have a fucking protest without stealing shit from fucking from stealing Legos from a Target. That, we're not going to be able to fix it all. Cops. No, but you no. But we're not going to be able to fix it all at the same time. Are you nuts? Do you think we're going to have some like multi-pronged approach to the justice system and it's all going to work? We can't even we can't even fucking socially distance properly as a country. Do you actually think we're 
going to have this brilliant, organized, multi-pronged approach to the justice system that's actually going to be effective and not just horseshit and an opportunity for some opportunities to start a GoFundMe for it? No, I don't think we can. I don't believe, I have no faith in humanity. I have no faith that we will ever do the right thing. And when we do, it lasts just a little bit and then we forget so, about ourselves. So what I'm saying is... What I'm, what I'm saying... Well, one hang on, what thing I'm at saying, a time. Fine, one thing at a time. But you have to consider... Eventually, we got to get thing, there. How that is going to connect to the next thing, and how of those next things might be impacting the one thing you're working on now. If we consider cancer and cancer treatment, if there's a fucking tumor growing in your in your lung, they're not just going to fucking go and take the tumor out. That, if I, that's I the think, only thing they I have think, to do, and it's fine, great. But that's I think usually that's not the case. I think a facetious comparison, because this isn't a cancer. Any more than racism is a sin. It is not a cancer. It is not a sin. You're you, can argue, in, you can argue that racism is a sin, because it is not no, loving you cannot, thy neighbor if we are no, to live No, you cannot argue that it is a sin, because sin doesn't exist. Okay, because well, sin is based on the idea that there is an evil, and there is no evil. People are either... They do good things, they do bad things. There are no evil. We're all more complicated than that. That's correct, except so what when I'm you look saying at the is, way that the religious might look well, at the simplicity, which is wrong. You, know, you and I think and, it's wrong. Yeah, and I just and think that's stupid. horseshit. So what I'm saying is, you don't fix, you don't fix a big problem by just focusing on the problem. You don't, you don't, you don't go, hey, there's a there's a giant mountain. Let's take that mountain and destroy it. Well, how do we do that? Well, we've got to have a great big bomb. No, you get out some fucking shovels and you start one fucking stone at a time. That's how you get rid of a mountain. Yeah, you do. And you consider how that mountain might collapse in on you as you take away one stone at a time. You have well, to consider the larger mountain as well, you make else your does. way removing those stones. I'll tell you what, David. Let's let's let people fix the work on the, the, the systemic problems of police. And then once that's done, we'll give you a call and you can talk about the judges. I think that you can do I don't all of it together. And no, that's what I'm saying is you cannot do it all together. I think you have to. I think that they're without all just getting rid of it, they're all connected. Without, well, yeah, they're all intertwined, but without just getting rid of it all whole cloth, which you and I both know that will never happen of in course our it won't. ever. It's never going to happen. Of course so, it won't. So, so knowing that you can't get it all get rid of it all whole cloth, knowing that we aren't organized enough any of us organized enough to have a multi-pronged approach to, to we can't even fucking get O.J. Simpson convicted. Come on. Right, right. So what I'm saying is start somewhere. You start at the bottom rung. The bottom rung are the worker bees. The worker bees are the cops. Start there. Work your way up. That's all I'm saying. That's that's all I'm that's all I'm trying to say with it. And I also think we've got it. We also have to really contend with our 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 inability to just to just say what's true. We have so much doublespeak. We have so much bullshit going on. Yeah. No one wants to say what's true. Say what's true. Deal with it. I'll, I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. We don't, none of us want to say it. The thing about it is, this is my problem with like the whole George I feel like you don't even want to say it right thing. now. <laughs> well, the thing I have, the, my problem with the George Floyd thing is that Floyd, we've got George all, Floyd. Yeah. Floyd, all these, all these fucking protesters are willing to get tear gassed and pepper sprayed and 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 rubber bullets and arrested and all this shit right yeah but nobody was willing to put up with that shit when the guy was fucking dying on the street everybody (laughs) just stood there and yelled and filmed it but nobody stopped him from being murdered they just wanted protest that he was which indicates to me yeah 
that George Floyd is what I call an abstract human to most of these mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. To some people, he was a real human. To most people, he's an abstract human. What I mean by it's having a conversation, I actually wrote about this a uh, couple weeks ago, come out. But talking to a, and I didn't realize the guy had a MAGA hat on until 35 minutes into the conversation. <laughs> and then I, w- and then I went, oh, now I get it. Anyway, <laughs> I'm trying really hard to have communication with people that do not agree with me in any shape or form and find a way to communicate. Yeah. Well, at one point, he realized I wasn't going to fight with him. I was not trying to win an argument. Mm-hmm. So he started trying to find things he knew would be my hot button issues. And he looks at me and he says, I bet, I bet we totally have different perspectives on abortion. Oh, God. I said, oh. I said, that's interesting. I said, what makes you say that? Well, I just think you do. I said, well, what do you think my position on abortion is? Well, you're pro-abortion. I said, well. I said, Carl. Uh, <laughs> I said, I'll I be honest that. with you. <laughs> I, said, I said, I'll be honest with you. I did, I mean, and maybe I could be wrong, but I don't think I know anyone. I don't think I've ever met anyone who is pro-abortion pro abortion. going you know like wearing a t-shirt that says abortion yeah you're you know? pregnant get that thing out come on yeah. Woo-hoo. I, don't, yeah, I don't know God. anybody that's pro-abortion i said i am pro-choice <laughs> right. but i'm kind of pro-choice across the board and he and he goes yeah so you're okay with killing babies and i said yeah and it just stopped him in his tracks uh-huh. he goes what i said yeah I, i'm i am absolutely pro-choice and i am a hundred percent in favor of killing babies yes <laughs> and and he just didn't know. I mean, it stopped him in his tracks. It was just because that's the honest truth. Mm-hmm. We don't want to say it that way because, oh, that makes us feel shitty about ourselves. But that's the fact. And this is what I said. I said, but Carl, they're let not me give babies, Don. But, no, they are babies. I, just quit playing the fucking game. I say know. what it is. And that's I what I said. I said. I said, Carl, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. I said, if you come to me and you say, me, say to me that your mother decided she wasn't going to wear a mask in a Walmart and it was crowded and now she's got the COVID and she's dying. Well, to you, she's a real person. To me, she's abstract. I don't know her, never met her, just met you now. Her death doesn't affect me in any way, shape or form. She's abstract to me. I said, that doesn't mean it's not a tragedy to you, but it's not a fucking tragedy to me because I don't know your mom. So if she dies, it doesn't affect me at all. Same thing Unless my wife, my sister, my mom, my niece is getting an abortion, they're all abstract. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind killing abstract babies. Doesn't bother me one bit. I don't, I don't lose one wink of sleep yeah. over a bunch of dead babies. B- babies aren't even interesting enough to make a memory, so who gives a shit? <laughs> Stop him in his track. <laughs> you know? And the yeah. thing about it is... As much, and I guess that's the thing is, I've had this same issue all the way back to Columbine when the nation is grieving. You didn't know these kids. You don't fucking know what they look like. You didn't have any connection to them other than they were children. They died. They're abstract. You're using this as a way to perform your grief. I don't buy it. And so, any well, while I while I agree that people that watch the video can look at George Lloyd and see that he's a human being and be righteously upset, like really outraged. It was a really horrifying thing. I keep going back to, there had to be 30 people standing. You can hear it on the video yelling yes. at the cops. Yes. And somebody, somebody was like, what would you do? All right. So, so what are you going to, you're going to risk your life and, and jump in front of the cop and jump on the cop. Well, that's what they're doing. The protests are doing that right now. They're risking their life. So why is it such a leap? But what I said was, yeah. well, no. 
Why is it? And I think it's interesting is that our only three options, I think I said this in Nestron, our three, only three options seem to be, you see a cop on the guy's fucking head, the guy's saying, I can't breathe, and he's begging for his life. And there's 30 of you around. The only options we seem to be able to entertain are to film it, to yell at the cop, or be violent to the cop and maybe get shot. And those are their, those are the only three options. What would you do if you had been standing there? What would you have done? Well, I'll tell you. And I told this uh, to John last night. Is like, and it occurred to me because I don't know. I really don't know. I've yeah. never been in that situation. But what I remember is Millennium Park. Uh, Millennium Park, when I'm the house manager and we're doing mariachi fest and there's 35,000 Mexicans all just loving it and drinking it and listening to mariachi bands all goddamn day, which is just like going to a polka fucking concert. It's the same goddamn music. <laughs> Every single mariachi band yeah. played a version of La Bamba. Every one of them played La Bamba. Sure. It's fine. Everybody's having a great time. I got like 30 off-duty cops that are <laughs> at my disposal. <clears throat> I got a security staff. But I still walk the park. And at one point, I see these two dudes... And they're, I mean, they're, they're going to fight. There's no question about it. There's, <laughs> there's so much rage and anger at them, and they're ready to fucking go at each other. And there's this whole crowd of people around them, like, cheering them on, and some people are like, oh, no, this is terrible. And these guys are going to fucking go for it. And I look around, and there's no security. There's no cops. I know I don't have time to call anybody because these guys are going to blows any second now. Yeah. And I had no idea what to do. And there's mariachi music playing. So I just started, I got right up in their face, and I just started doing white guy dancing. I just started dancing, had the biggest grin on my face. I'm just dancing at both of them. I'm shaking my tits. I, because what else? I don't know what else to do. And these two guys were so fucking confused that they just yep. stopped being, the, 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 the fight stopped because they just didn't know how to react to this fucking weird-ass white guy with a radio. You know who you and are? So, You're Michael Jackson and beat it. They see you are I, Michael but, fucking Jackson. You know, and so what I think is, so what would I? Uh, this thing is, I don't know what I would do, but here are options. He's yeah. Like, here's the here's your toolkit. Okay, fake a seizure. Yep. Um, start singing Journey songs at the top of your lungs. Um, break a window just off to the side, just like vandalize the shit out of a window. Break yep. the cop car window. Whatever you got to do, because all you have to do in that situation is distract, distract those cops to get the knee off the fucking guy's head. Do you know what I would do? What would you do? Because I've thought about this. I have thought you, about this before. Like what I would do if I ever saw... you film it. Nope. Nope. If you'd I live ever stream saw, it with jokey commentary. Nope. I would... <laughs> and I shit you not, I've thought about this. I would do a strip tease to the final countdown. I would pull See, it up on my phone and I would they, start taking my clothes off singing the final countdown. Confuse yep. them. All you really have to do is distract in that situation. And it's just like we're so limited in our imagination yeah. on what to do in these terrible situations that we can only envision making sure it's documented, yelling at people, yep. and maybe be... And then the only other option that we'll never take is get violent. And it's like we wait to get violent when we're going to like light the police station on fire but lighting the police station on fire is bonus but yeah, it stopping is bonus. the guy stopping the guy from fucking killing him in the first place is not yeah that's fucking nuts that's crazy i i do like that they set the the the, the police station on fire i because I, I love that it's that's great symbolism I don't rob but yeah man fucking Sometimes shit needs to be burned down. And I've seen Bottom the memes is, where it's like, this is, why, why can't you protest peacefully? Because 
and then they show the pictures of yeah. Kaepernick taking the knee or the Black Lives Matter marches, like all these peaceful moments talking about police yeah. brutality and racism in America, and which are. I mean, I, our, our audience knows these things fucking exist. Like, I'm not having a conversation. Yeah, you yeah, and I yeah. are not having a conversation with the right wingers. They're like, wait, what? No, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, nobody fucking, they laugh it off or they take it completely out of context. Really, no matter what. But, like, we've tried peaceful and it doesn't fucking work. It doesn't well, fucking work. And well, I don't, yeah, I don't and know the, that violent or, or uh, you know, violence toward property... Here, Here's the problem is, is, with protest. It's going to work e- either. Here's the problem with protest and the concept that this is rebellion and not just a, a riot is that rebellion has a focus. Oh, this is not rebellion. rebellion. Yeah. Rebellion has a strategy. Right. Okay. And so, and it's one of the things, quite frankly, it's why I actually really like the Black Lives Matter organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I think is really fascinating. Because <laughs> they have a black thought li- behind their movement. Well, they do. The I thing know. About it is, I know. Yeah, the thing I love about what they did was, they, you know, you had in 2014, you had uh, Michael Brown, and that started Black Lives Matter. And at first, they were just like what we're seeing in Minneapolis. Let's just fucking tear the whole fucking thing down. But what Black Lives Matter did when realized, wow, we're being labeled a terrorist group. So what are we going to do? Is we're going to go back and we're going to work really aggressively with individual municipalities they've mm-hmm. been that organization has been spending a lot of time and effort working specifically with the police apparently yeah. not the minneapolis police but okay right. they're next you know um right. you know or kentucky but you know but th- that's what they've been doing yeah. and i and i have a great deal of respect that because protest without any kind of follow-up mm-hmm. Destruction of property without any kind of plan in place. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've seen a lot of people that compare this. You know, so, oh, you don't like looting. You, you know, America was started with the Boston Tea Party. First of all, it wasn't started with the Boston Tea Party, and second of all, uh, not the that same was, thing at all. Well, that was that was a targeted protest. They didn't. You, you don't hear about the the Boston Tea Partyers dressing up as Indians and then like finding some random guy on a horse and dragging him off the fucking horse and lighting his horse on fire. Yeah. You know, they, they didn't go. They didn't go to the local mercantile dressed as Indians and light that shit on fire. What they did was they threw the tea, they ruined the product that was being taxed, and that was their protest. It was very targeted. Yeah, and that's what it, that, that's the problem with just sort of mass protest is that if there's no follow up with any kind of substantive, let's fix the problem. Yeah, and my biggest issue with a lot of the rhetoric that you see on on Facebook and on the news and everything else is that the problem is racism. And that's not a problem you're going to fix. No. Ever. Ever. However, you can prevent racists from utilizing a system that is already busted to their advantage. And that has to be the goal. Because you're not going to yell racism out of people. You're just not going to do it. No. But you can fix it so that the racists can't utilize the system so that their worst tendencies are lethal. Accountability That's really what we're talking about. is, and it's huge. Again, I 100% still agree or still believe that you and I are arguing the same point. We're just arguing different approaches to solving the problem. There you go. And let's just take a minute to acknowledge that that's important because here are two liberal white guys who want the same goal, have different ways of doing it, don't hate each other because we're not passing exactly. each other's purity tests. Like, yeah, let's have it out, but we're still going to fucking go and fix the problem. Yeah. We're still going to do what we can to work it. All right. But, but the accountability, so, oh, just real quick, but the accountability yeah. thing is, is ext- I think that's the first thing that needs it's to be. the key. Because 
That fucking cop, whose fucking stupid name I can't remember right now, because I don't... And fuck him. I don't care. But that motherfucker, with his fucking knee on a guy's neck... For like what three minutes? However fucking long it was, with people around eight him, like what fucking minutes. balls? Eight, eight minutes. Minutes. And there were. And the thing about it is, what you don't see is on that video. Is He's that there in and out of consciousness. Other, oh well, no, the there are cops, three yeah. other cops on him yeah. on his body. Yeah. You know the fucking balls on these guys because you know that they're thinking, "I'm gonna be fine. I'm a fucking cop. I can do whatever I want. There's no fucking penalties for me." This is this is why accountability has to be third. This is why I say it's got to be in that order. Is because right now. And the reason he's probably going to get off, that's the reason mm-hmm. he was, ch- I mean, fucking third degree murder yeah. is if you accidentally bump somebody and he falls on a track at a train. That's bullshit. Right. They're orchestrating order, but the here's things the thing. are connected. But here's the thing. All they really have to say is, prior to 2016, this officer who is trained in... 2005 and 2010 and 2015 was trained to use that technique. So he was following his training, which gives him a pass. That's why training has to come first. Because training, if you properly train people, yeah. I mean, it, it's a perfect, well, that was perfect the issue example. With the Quan McDonald case yeah. with um, Justin Van Dyke is that he did That's follow his training. But yeah, he if you're followed training, his still, training. You know. So you start with the training, then you get citizen oversight with actual teeth, and then they apply actual, and you know, like one real world consequence, something is like if, you, if you've got, because those, both those officers involved that they, they have names for, yeah. um, had like 20, 25 brutality cases against yeah. them, right? Yeah. Okay. So, and again, in terms of accountability, let's keep it simple. Domestic like domestic abusers that have been convicted for domestic abuse are no longer allowed to buy a gun. Right? Okay. Okay. So how about we say, and let's just keep it five. If you're a cop and you have within a calendar year got five brutality accusations in provable moments, you've got those five, mm-hmm. that's fine. We're not going to kick you off the force. We're going to put you in a desk job. Because you've proven that you are not suitable for human consumption, but you can sure push some fucking papers. We take away your gun, your taser, your baton. You yep. sit your fat ass behind a desk and you push papers. You still have a job. Yeah, you can you still, still have write your, your pension. fucking fiction. You can from still the, do all yeah, your shit. All you your do all your shit. Yep. But you are no longer dealing with the public because you've already proven that you are not responsible enough to do so. Yeah. Again, it is not, hey, you're a racist, which doesn't mean anything it says hey you sir are not suitable to deal with people so and we're put you maybe that's because you're racist that's because of a lot of things it doesn't, doesn't matter thing, doesn't it matter, doesn't matter right? what you right? are if you're not able to, to follow your training yep. you're not able to do the job responsibly because there are plenty of cops that do do the job responsibly yeah and that's so why i that's said just, in my in my notes yesterday or uh, on on friday that came out yeah, um yeah trust a cop but you're a fucking fool to trust, you the, trust police. the police. Yeah. You know. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing is a watch. Um, I'm a little late to the game on this. Uh, Katie had not been wanting to see it. I really had been. So last night when she went to bed early, uh, I stayed up and I watched Uncut Gems. It's great. It's really great, and it is... I loved it. Katie, so I told her this morning, I go, yeah, I watched it. She goes, okay, would I like it? I go, I don't know, because it's so intense. This movie does such a good job of putting you on edge by design. Like, it's the music and the situations, and I'm like, there was a moment where I had to, like, turn the volume down, 
and pause it and just sit for a second. I'm like, fuck, I can't. I'm I'm as nervous as I would be if it was happening to me. Well, see, it reminded you know? <laughs> me. It reminded me a lot in in, in the way it because it, it's it's the filmic style, it's the music he uses, it's it's Adam Sandler's performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that reminded, reminded me of uh, Punch Drunk Love, mm-hmm. which is Paul Thomas Anderson, also Adam yeah. Sandler. But yep. one of the things that that is really is that the music underneath. It, it, it exemplifies his mood and when yeah. it gets so uncomfortable and it, it, it does, it puts you on edge in a way that you're not supposed to feel. And it really feeds. I, I Adam Sandler was, and he's highly recommended. Oh my yeah. God. He was fucking good in that. Yeah. It's oh great. My it's great. God, yeah. It's great. Uncut gems. Yeah. It's great. Uh, my first thing is also a watch. Uh, I don't know if you watched season one on Amazon, but uh, homecoming had Julia Robertson. It was based on the, uh, the Gimlet podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, I don't know if you watched it, but it's really good. Um, Homecoming season two stars uh, Janelle Monet. And what uh, all I'm going to tell you is, I'm just going to tell you the beginning of the very first episode of season two. Don't do that because you did that last week. No, no, it's just, the, oh, did I already say that one? Yeah, you must really like this because this is the second week in a row. It's a, it's a, a, a three thing for you. It's one of your six all things. All right, well, yeah. then eliminate that. I did that last week. So okay. then what I'm going to say, <laughs> then what I'm going to say is another one I've done and yeah. we've talked about it is I want you to read. And, and this is really directed at you. I want you to read Malcolm Gladwell's Talk to Strangers. I'm telling you, uh, it's going to change fine. your way you frame this entire conversation we've had. It's really, it's really fucking smart. But Don, if I change the way that I frame things, that means my mind is going to change and I'll have to question other things in my life. And that's hard work. All right, Carl. Uh, My next thing is a watch. Uh, I've maybe I haven't said this before. I don't know. But um, Oliver Stone's Untold History of the United States. Yes. Here's why it's good to watch right now, because it does put some things in perspective. When I started, when we started this podcast, I said, we're the same as we ever were. Things are obviously different, but the similarity, I mean, history, history repeats itself. Reagan said things about dictators and bad dudes, just like Trump has done. Oh, yeah. The point is, if we don't lose our fucking heads, maybe we'll survive long enough to finally get the shit right. I don't know what the fuck right looks like because we've never been right, but... Is Trump? Does Trump have? A, are these times we're dealing with right now? Is it full of more shit all at once? Different shit? Yeah. Okay. We could probably, dude. We could compare and contrast all fucking day. But any year we have after this is going to be better than this one. That's I. I don't know because we probably thought that in 1982 or in 2005. No. no. Remember how you felt about W. Remember how you felt no, about no, W. I remember all that. I remember all that. But the the absolute sheer compendium of shit that has happened just in the I first mean, six months of this yeah, year. Not even I'm yet. sorry. Not even I, in 54 years, I have <laughs> never experienced anything like it. It's the worst goddamn year in my history of... So I, it's I, been... I, I've had a good year. I got a new my job. Second thing, Everything's great. 2020 My is second thing is a read. New York Magazine has an article by Mark Harris called Our Fragile Gerontocracy. It is effectively about that our greatest resource in this country are our elderly because they have the they've learned things and they have great perspective on things and they are at their most fragile right now and we are leaving them to just die. So it's a pretty good it's a pretty good article. Well, 
at least one of them is going to be our next president. There's a really good chance of that. So well, yeah, that's true. I gotta say, I was watching PBS NewsHour last night, and they had um, what's his face, the Joe, Joe Biden on. He's almost as hard to listen to as Donald Trump. <laughs> oh yeah, it's totally Him different. Struggling yeah. to get his words out and barely make sense when they do come out. Yeah. It's just it's fucking mad. I mean, at least he's not a prick about everything he's saying. Like he's a stutterer, man. But he's just he's like. Oh, fuck, right. it's hard. Anyway. Here, here, what I want you to Bye. watch, what I want you to watch, just, just for you, just to kind of counterbalance it, is, is and you can find this online, is he did a, a sort of like an infomercial f- comedy thing with uh, Keegan-Michael Key. Okay. From Key and Peele. Yeah. Um, and it's basically uh, Pandemic with Joe, and it's sort of like their their Pandemic buddies Zoom, and, and he can't get Biden to stop talking on the Zoom. Oh, that's it, funny. And Biden is <laughs> is perfect. It's like, it's like, oh, wow, this is what he looks like. This is probably what he talks like when he's just at home and yeah. not on the cameras. And you go, oh, okay, he's fine. He's not losing his shit. He's pretty funny. He's just, he's just Joe. He, he just, he's you know, that's anybody, anybody didn't know Joe, they, they, he's, he's been sticking his foot up his ass for 35 yeah, fucking years. Yeah, from the very that's, fucking beginning. That's, that's his thing. Yeah. All right. My third thing, my last thing is, well, I've got uh, listen. One. I've got one. Oh, more. okay. Oh, I thought you were, oh, you were just yeah. talking about Biden. I'm yep. sorry. Um, my last thing, and I do want to talk about this. Oh, God. It's another watch. Hannah Gadsby's stand-up comedy special, Douglas. It's on Netflix I no now. I have no interest. I... <laughs> really? She she quit comedy. I didn't think that, I didn't think her last comedy special was that funny, and she quit comedy. So I'm done. She didn't quit comedy. She's got a stand-up special on Netflix. That was the right whole now. point of the goddamn special was I'm quitting comedy. Right, but she's back with a stand-up exact exactly. Special. And somebody said, "Oh, you just don't like Hannah Gadsby because she's a lesbian." And she no, no, I don't <laughs> like. Cares. I don't, she's a lesbian. I don't. I don't like Larry the Cable Guy either. Well, because he's a lesbian, and I don't think Amy Schumer's terribly funny, so I wouldn't watch her special. So no, I'm not. I'm not interested in watching Hannah Gadsby's special. I'm sorry. I just oh, I so wanted to talk to about you or talk about it with you. We Jesus, did a whole fucking episode. We did a whole episode on, on her thing, and it was good. And that thing is, I I had positive things to say about it, but I didn't think it was that funny. I thought it was interesting, and you know, well told. It was a good storytelling show, but it wasn't a good comedy special. And so, you know, yeah, I'm not that interested. Eh. Give it a go. It's fuck, man. I was, I was hoping we could Did watch you watch it. it? Yeah, I watched it. And you liked it? Yeah, it was yeah, it was fine. Did it uh, make there you were laugh? Moments. There were there was a moment or yeah, there were moments. It was it wasn't the best gosh, thing I've ever seen. It was fine. Gosh, David, what a great recommendation. That's like saying, no, I, you're done. <laughs> Don, you should go watch the Dick Cavett show. Because it's so <laughs> dynamic that it's like, eh, meh, it's all right. No, I mean <laughs> That's fair. Like, hey, I David. Think... Hey, David. Here, try this milk. It's not rotten or sour, but it's, uh, it might be. It's starting to turn, but have it anyway. Because I, I, I recommend it. But what? as a study against, because of everything that her her first special, Nanette, did for storytelling and comedy and what it all meant for everything. So I'll tell you what. I'll watch, I'll watch the first special again. That's what I'll do. Don't do that. Watch the second one, and then we can oh. talk about that. And then... All right. Ah, fine. fuck it. It's fine. She's funny. It's. I just. It's yeah, okay. Hey, hey, hey you want to have this this piece of very very white and tasteless bread? It's not great, but it's you can eat it. Me. 
All right. That wasn't a great recommendation. Here's a great recommendation. Listen to the Bug House podcast, because we've been doing something since we can't do live shows. Episode 42, and you and I arguing Chicago versus Vegas. Uh, episode 43 dropped the other day. It is Vincent Truman versus Pearson Brown talking about uh, whether or not we should uh, keep on working from home or not. And it's funny. They're funny. They're very. Although Pearson hated doing it because he was like, "I, I just, I'm hungry for a live audience." I said, "Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, but, we all are." But this is, is you know, this is something we can do. So there yep. you go. And next, next up will be uh, Eric Lewin and Sherry Rada talking about uh, pandemic fifteen. Yeah, the, the weight, the weight gain from sitting around on your ass. So that'll be fun. <laughs> right on. And that's the show. Try not to kill anybody, you police officers out there. But definitely destroy the Lego set. Don't don't take the Burn Lego it. set home. Burn that shit. That'd be fun. Maybe he went home to build the Lego set with his he kid, did. and then he's gonna set it on fire with his kid to teach him how build, to build a Lego a Lego version of the Minneapolis yeah. police uh, station, and yep. then they burn it together as a father son thing. Yeah, man, you gotta find those moments to share with your children. Dare to dream. <laughs> yeah. You can listen to the Literate Apecast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.